Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Welcome to episode 19. Today's focus, marital problems, how to compel her to submit and love it. So sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock, but don't duck. Can you feel it? Captain Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical, a Catholic relationship podcast giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. Moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. This is episode 19. Bam. So let's do this. Quote of the day. Quote, love in monogamous marriage includes sex, but sex in the contemporary use of the term does not imply either marriage or monogamy. Every woman instinctively realizes the difference between the two, but man comes to understand it more slowly through reason and prayer. Man is driven by pleasure, woman by the meaning of pleasure. She sees pleasure more as a means to an end, namely the prolongation of love both in herself and in her child. End quote. Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, three, to get married. Please remember to share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new email, to get new episodes in your email today. So here's our segment, the radical rant of the day, the cowardice of men, the top 21 reasons men caused the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church and why we're not going to take it anymore. Before I start, this will be a 21 episode series, one per show. Also understand that the infiltration by the Catholic Church with homosexuality and radical feminism, plus the watering down of the faith and the stripping away of the Latin mass was planned in order to 
destroy the morality of those within the church, the priests and the laity, and is not the teaching of the Catholic Church. Why was this done? To destroy the American family, to destroy our morality, and to destroy our patriotism in order that we become as acceptable to communism and its ideas, which is now going to socialism, socialism and communism and Marxism. It's all going to crap. <laughs> if you want more on this, please refer back to episode number two. So let's get started with number 19 of the top 21 reasons that men are responsible for the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church. Realize these top 21 reasons are in no certain order as they are all fed upon one another. But first, let's review the first 18. And boy, we're getting down there. We are on 19 and it's getting close. So, number one was refusal to accept our role as men. Number two, men, we allowed the men in the Catholic Church, the popes, the cardinals, bishops, priests, deacons to water down and dilute the teachings of the Catholic faith, which we still do today. I can't remember uh, a sermon, the last, the last uh, homily or sermon that was talked about to do with hell or how to improve your faith life. Number three was they didn't fight for the Christ during Vatican II. They didn't fight for Christ during Vatican II. Number four, men, an unwillingness to sacrifice for Christ. Number five, men, they have nothing they are willing to die for. Number six, men have begun raising soft and selfish boys, a.k.a. wusses, as Father Isaac Relia would say. Number seven, they don't understand our mission and purpose as men. We don't understand our mission and purpose as men, which is what? To protect, defend, and serve. Number, number eight, we didn't crush feminism. Number nine, we didn't crush the Protestant revolt. Number 10, we didn't crush contraception, a.k.a. birth control. Number 11, we didn't crush abortion. Number 12, we didn't crush so-called same-sex marriage. And just so you know, no civilization has ever thrived or survived when they have legalized same-sex marriage. Number 13, we didn't crush no-fault divorce. Number 14, we didn't crush ecumenism. Number 15, men have stopped praying. Number 16, men have stopped passing on the Catholic faith to their children. Number 17, men have stopped being obedient to God, which means they want to be their own God. Number 18, men have abandoned God for the theory of evolution. So, what is the number 19 reason that men have caused the 2018 scandal in the Catholic Church? Drum roll, please. Unchastity 
Is that even a word, unchastity? <laughs> Men can't control their sexual power. I'm gonna get a lot of I'm gonna get a lot of feedback from this one because, like I always say, everybody wants to be two faced about sex. They want to discuss uh, you know, all with you know with their friends and, and and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to learning anything really um, beneficial, nobody wants to talk about sex. It's it's uh it's it's uncouth and it's not right. You know, it's not um classy. Well. Today, we're going to talk about it. So let me say before I begin on this rant that I was once exactly what I'm going to describe in this segment. I never even tried to control my sexual advancements to women when I was a kid, um, when I was uh, a teenager and, and when I was grown. Even though I knew instinctively it was wrong in society, it just seemed what all men do. And that's what we all do. We guess what we all do. Right now, today, men, what we do is we don't see any, although instinctively in our hearts and in our souls, we know that it's wrong to sleep with another woman when you're not married or to use a woman up, but we do it because kind of like what everybody else does and is expected. Um, And since I didn't understand Christ and his church at the time, I didn't want to get left behind. So that's what I did. Um, So I joined the party. But I must say, this is probably the worst form of cowardice and effeminacy in men. And again, what is effeminacy? Effeminacy in men is the attachment to the pleasure, pleasure, attachment to pleasure because you don't want to do what's anything that's hard or arduous. So you put off all your important things um, and doing what's right because you want to engage in pleasure. Um, so. It's cowardice because God has given us this great power over women. And how do we use it? Yes, we completely abuse it. I'm going to tell you something that no one is ever, you know, is ever going to tell you or really knows. Once a woman gives herself to you, you know, even just one time and she reaches coition, which is, well, we already know what that is. <laughs> she is bonded to you for life and, and you to her. Um, so for the most part, we got to understand that having sex with a woman outside of marriage really is a problem um, because what happens is the men and the women, the woman gets bonded to you and she's more susceptible to um, to your power because you you can hurt her that way. What happens when you up and leave? And that's why it's, it's, it's why. Um, God has put in place for men and women have to have sex because we get bonded to each other, the man and the woman, and then the man ups and leaves because, you know, if you're not married, there's no guarantee that you're going to be all in with the woman. Okay. So for the most part, she's now yours, like it or hate it. This is fact. Um, once you have sex with her, she's yours for the rest of your life. Even though she tries to deny it and you try to deny it, think about it. You had sex with someone 10 years ago. Soon as you see them, you start thinking back to when you guys were together. If that's a bonding thing. Instinctively, she now will do almost anything for you. She will do almost anything to keep you, to satisfy you, and net, yes, manipulate you if need be. Think about it. When women get upset because you didn't have sex with them and you leave them, they get they do what? And then they go to your job and put a hole in your tire. Uh, go, they go inside your office and embarrass you in front of everybody. They start cussing at you and grabbing at you. You know, um, this is done because 
you are bonded with her. She's hurt and and she doesn't know, you know, her emotions are rampant. And you, like the dude, you just think, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with her is you. Okay. And women will even, they will even kill their children. They will even manipulate you or people around you to get you to come back or to do whatever she wants in this when this when this happens. And I don't think that's what dudes don't really understand. This is partly due to the curse of each of the curse of Eve, which because of the fall of man, original sin, she instinctively desires to control you at all costs by any means necessary. And for this reason, we must understand our power as men. When we have sex with a woman, we think, hey, she knew what she was getting herself into. Yes, but we all but we put all the blame on her. Why? Because it's easy to deflect our own duty in this area in lieu of pleasure. Again, this is complete cowardice. You what we do, you know, we go. I've heard do say, man, I've heard him say, oh, well, she knew what she was doing. We talked about it before we got before we started. I'm going to tell you what. Most of the time, that doesn't come up. If you tell a girl, oh, look, we just going to have sex and have fun and stuff, 90% of the women, even the crazy girls out here today, they're going to get rid of you. Because to you, to that woman, to that girl that you're talking about, when you have se- when you make love to her, which I'm not even going to call it making love, it's just sex, pure and straight out lustful sex, pleasurable sex. What you are doing is telling her, listen, we're going to get married. Now, in her mind, it's not we're going to get married today, maybe. But eventually, if I give myself to you, we're going to get married. But the dude, we don't think like that. We like, hey, this is fun. I'm going to sleep with her. And then when I get done with her and get tired of her, I'm going to go sleep with somebody else. Now, we, me, we all try to tell ourselves that's not what we think. Because at first, we really do like the girl. We want to hang out and stuff. But as soon as she starts nagging, as soon as she starts getting clingy, or soon as we, you know, we see another girl that we like, we start moving away from her. Okay. So, like I said, this is complete cowardice. And then we get upset when she wants more. She craves more from us. Yes, we sleep with her for years and years, taking from her the most valuable assets she possesses as a woman. And what is the most valuable asset a woman has? What is it? Is it her car? Is it her hair? What is it? No, it's her time. Women aren't like men. Their time is 10 times more valuable than ours. Why? Because with time, women lose their what? Their youth, their beauty, their vitality, and ability to have children. And when men abuse, and when we as men abuse them by sleeping with them and not marrying them, we steal these things away. And they steal from her what makes her great in God's eyes. See, this is this is the thing. Men, it's different for us. Most people say, especially women say, men always get more handsome as they get older. Look at Peyton Manning's butt. Uh, John Elway, two them two dudes was not attractive at all, handsome at all. But as they got older, they got more distinctive. They look, they got more mature. The women are, you know, they look, they look different. And, and that's what I'm saying. But women aren't the same. Women, it's about time. Time to have children. Her beauty. If you, as a man, go live with a girl and stick with her for five, live with her for five, 10, 15 years, and you never marry her, you decide, I don't want her no more. And then what happens? 
she leaves. No, you decide that uh, you want to leave, and then you just leave her. Step. She is 15 years older. A lot of her attractiveness is gone. Still, you know, some women are beautiful on the outside. They just are. But even as they get older, they the older they get, that stuff goes away. And not just that, like women today. You know, the feminists, the so-called feminists and radical feminists. And, and I'm not even going to say that. A lot of them today have drunk the Kool-Aid too much. Even the ones that aren't as radical feminists, they they want to have their career and, and, and all this stuff. And then they get 40, 50 years old and realize a dog, a rat dog is not comforting like that. A rat dog is not a child, a dog or a cat or a horse. They're not a child. OK, so what happens is. These, um, you know, they want to start having children and stuff. Well, they take can't because it's too late. They had they sipped with all these dudes and spent two, three, four years with all these dudes and five years and stuff. And the time, the time keeps going away and going away. Okay, and and this is why men we have a responsibility to take care and protect women from who from us. All right. So. When men abuse women by sleeping with them and not marrying them, they steal from her what makes her great in God's eyes. Like I said, when God created her, her main attributes for attracting the man she is supposed to live her entire life with, build a family with, become one flesh with. And what do we as men do? We come in with no control, no empathy to the situation. Look, women will tell you anything to have you once bonded to you, okay? Women, they will tell you they don't want to get married. And, and, and that's another thing. Think about it. Think about all the times a woman has told you all these things, you know, um, uh, when you start sleeping together. She'll say all these things like what? Oh, I don't want to get married. Or, oh, I don't want no children. Or, you know, they will tell her, they'll tell you anything, you know, like they really don't care about marriage or anything like that. And they really don't care if you sleep together. She just wants to have fun, too. They tell you this stuff. Um, They tell you this stuff because you're bonded now. So they'll tell you anything to keep you around, hoping and praying that you eventually a man up and ask her to marry you. They will let you use their bodies and hearts and minds for decades, all on the promise, whether said it or not said, whether they say it or they don't say it. The promise of marriage. Why? Because marriage is infused into their souls. It's part of the natural law of man. Look, dude, no woman, I mean, no woman, unless she is extremely disordered, which in that case, you better get as far away from her butt as you can, sleeps with a man that she doesn't think she wants to marry. Gentlemen, this you must understand. When you have sex with a woman and then leave her, Listen to what I'm saying. When you have sex with a woman and then leave her, she will get mad, angry, in most cases distraught. Why? Because in her mind, like I said a little bit earlier, you've broken promises. The promise of I gave myself to you, which basically means I gave myself to you because I thought you loved me, wanted to build a family with me, get married and spend eternity together with me. Look, no matter what she says through her lips, no matter what she says through her lips, I don't care how old she is. If she's 18, if she's 16, if she's 116, okay? 
inside the above statement is what she is feeling. She wants to get married, even sometimes if she doesn't even realize it. And with women, feelings are everything. Again, like it or hate it, it doesn't matter. This is fact. And deep inside, all men know this. We all know this because of the natural law. That natural law thing, it never goes away. God infused the natural law, the Ten Commandments, inside of us to know what is right and what is wrong. And finally, one of the greatest tests of authentic masculinity is the ability of a man to control his sexual power in lieu of the protection of women. Not exploit her very being, even if she desires it. As men, God, as men, God gave us the responsibility to protect, defend, and serve those around us. And that main duty extends more so to our helpmates of the opposite sex. Women are our helpmates, they are our partners. So I pose the question to you as we end this segment today What kind of man are you trying to be? What do you think? So what do you think? Send your questions or comments to radicalquestion at catholicalpha.com. Radicalquestions at catholicalpha.com. So is your marriage mediocre, lukewarm, or failing? Want to understand why? Take the 20-minute marriage makeover challenge. Chaos in your marriage and home? Watch video too. Could your lack of leadership or authentic masculinity be the culprit? Watch video three. And is your intimacy average or non-existent? This is most likely the reason. Watch video four. Stop the feeling of helplessness. Get Catholic marriage help now at catholicalpha.com. Our last segment, our last segment today, the Alpha Marriage Tactic, our new segment that I am bringing to Catholic Alpha Radical. It's time for the Catholic Alpha Marriage Tactic, a series of marriage tactics that will transform you from zero to hero, but only if you drop the laziness, aloofness, and pride and actually do them. Consider. Is your marriage passionless, lackluster, mediocre, or currently in the toilet? Want to get it back on track? Make it great? Then consider today's Alpha Marriage Tactic 1. Either listen to me now or I guarantee you, you will be looking for me or someone like me later. So now I present to you our new segment, Alpha Marriage Tactic, and this is number one. You don't know what you don't know. Quote, you must ask God to give you power to fight against the sin of pride, which is your greatest enemy. The root of all that is evil and the failure of all that is good. God 
for God resists the proud. St. Vincent de Paul, end quote. So today, I want you to consider the description of this dude that I'm getting ready to describe. His name is Prideful Paul. Prideful Paul is a man he just won't listen, knows everything, as well as he denies the truth, even when the truth is presented to him factually and faithfully. He's full of selfishness and refuses to sacrifice. His ideas and what he believes loom above everything and everyone else, including the Father God Almighty. He believes he's actually greater than he truly is. Again, does this describe you and your marriage? Think about what I said. Think about it. Do you know any guys like this in your job, at your church, you know, any of your friends? Are you sure? Not even this doesn't, this, this, doesn't, this doesn't describe you even a little bit. So here's what we're going to do. The definition, the definition of pride, according to the modern Catholic dictionary, Father John Harden says pride. An inordinate esteem of oneself. It is inordinate because it is contrary to the truth. It is essentially an act of disposition of the will designed to be considered better than a person really is. Pride may be expressed in different ways by taking personal credit for gifts or possessions as if they had not been received from God. By glorying in achievements as if they were not primarily the result of divine goodness and grace. By minimizing one's defects or claiming qualities that are not actually possessed. By holding oneself superior to others or disdaining them because they lack what the proud person has. By magnifying the defects of others or dwelling on them. When pride is carried to the extent that a person is unwilling to acknowledge dependence on God and refuses to submit his or her will to God or lawful authority, it is a grave sin. You hear that? Grave sin. The gravity arises from the fact that a person shows contempt for God or of those who take his place. Otherwise, pride is said to be imperfect and venially wrong. While not all sins are pride, it can lead to all sorts of sins, notably presumption, ambition, vainglory, boasting, hypocrisy, strife, and disobedience. Pride strives for perverse excellence. Pride strives for perverse excellence. It despises others and depending on its perversity, even looks down upon God himself. The remedies for pride are a sincere knowledge of oneself, the acceptance of daily humiliations, avoidance of even the least self-complacency, humble acknowledgement of one's faults, and prayer communion with God. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's deep. That's the reason why I say today, men, we, we, we think we know everything. You can't tell us nothing. And and that's the problem with men that has continued to grow over the centuries. 
When we think we know something, there is nothing that anyone can do or even change our minds. And that's crazy, especially when it comes to something like our marriage or religion. Have you talked to dudes about religion? You know, that's your God. That's your religion. That's what you think. That's what you believe. And that's what's so stupid about, um, um, what is it called? Uh, oh shoot. I forgot. Relativism, you know, is that people try to put off the truth. The uh, that the Bible's a historic historical document that God is real, that Jesus Christ was a God and real, uh, Jesus and Mary and everybody that's in the Bible, that all that stuff is, doesn't mean anything, that it's not really true. And I'm gonna tell you what, that's that's not that's not that's not very logical because witnesses were all around all of that stuff. Just like who knows Abraham Lincoln better? The people that were around him in the eighteen hundred in the eighteen sixties or us today. And that's just the way the Bible is. It, when a recording of, of, of Abraham Lincoln in history books is the same as recording of the Bible. And there were witnesses then and there were witnesses for Abraham Lincoln. That's how that you know that the Bible is a historical document and that is true. Um, our usual attitude with men is, hey, I got this. I know my wife. I know how she thinks and what she's going to do next. Our parents, our friends, or even our wives themselves try and point things out to us. But what do we do? Because we are lazy and aloof and think we have all the time in the world. We disregard any input from anyone else, even if it's sound advice. Look, the, the thing I want to say on this is I know that this what I'm saying is extreme, but a lot of dudes are like that. But then there are some dudes that are not as extreme. What I'm trying to do is get you to understand that putting things off, putting your marriage off, like you got it all together, um, not listening to, to the Holy Spirit when they, when they when the Holy Spirit sends a person that, that's trying to advise you and thinking that you got all the time in the world is a recipe for disaster. And then you'll be running to me, like I said in the entry, you'll be running to me or somebody like me. Or, you know, to come and, and try to help you. And then most of the time it's too late because you know how women are. Once a woman gets rid of you, she don't want nothing to do with you anymore. She's done with you. Another thing, our wife, our wives usually give us clues about their unhappiness or concerns with the marriage. And most men, and I'm going to say most men ignore this. And I know you got to be a special dude to, 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 to see the clues of women sometimes. But as a man, this is your number one relationship other than God. And you have to put it in, in, in the forefront. Um, our pride, most of the time we ignore the clues our wives give us. And our pride just won't let us deal with it, mainly because we just don't want to face it. A lot of times today, you know, we're effeminate. We're emasculated. We don't want to face anything. If it's a problem, we don't want to, we want to get rid of it as quick as possible. We don't want to face it. Um, so when um, our marriage goes, starts going in the toilet or even starts, you know, going slowly down and down, we don't we don't deal with it. And but then what happens is it becomes grave. Hell, we've got so many other problems like what work, bills, the kids, etc. How can we possibly worry about some whiny woman? Right. And I know you're not you're not going to call your wife whiny, but your attitude about it is whiny. You think she's whiny because you don't want to talk to her. You know, you see things that might be wrong uh, and then you, you don't you don't you don't deal with it. Well, I'm here to tell you. This is the first step to divorce court. It really is, man. If you if you don't listen to your wife, if you got a, this pride thing going on, like you got it all together, 
you know, you're putting all these things above her and putting her on the back burner. Eventually, you will be in divorce court. You know, and if you're Catholic, you're going to be hitting the trial. You're going to be trying to hit the annulment tribunal, trying to get out of the marriage because, you know, you don't found you some other little honey. Um, the problem here is you don't know what you don't know. I hear people say this a lot when it comes to the Catholic faith. Oh, I've never heard that teaching before, or I've never read that before, or I don't remember learning that in in Catholic school. See, this is just us not wanting to accept the truth and deal with it. Our pride just won't let us see anything, how things really are. And look, just because we have not heard or read or been taught something doesn't mean it's not valid or true or doesn't deserve some consideration. And this is why I'm bringing to you and what marriage tactic number one is all about. We must begin opening our eyes and paying attention, man, and considering things, especially about God and his sacrament of marriage and how important it is. Do not let people out here tell you that marriage is unimportant. And, mo- and a lot of men, we know that marriage is important, but we don't really put it up there until it starts going wrong. Things start getting bad, real bad to the pain is really hard. And then all of a sudden we want Jesus Christ to come in and save us. You know, many times, also many times our marriage has been on the rocks for years until we decide to step up, man up and take action. Then we want, like I said, we want Jesus to come in and perform some kind of some kind of uh, awesome miracle and, and, and save us and get us out of it. Our wife is ready to walk out the door and take the kids with her. She's tired of being placed on the back burner. And we'll discuss that in another alpha marriage tactic um, behind. You know, she's getting tired of being placed behind your friends, your hobbies and et cetera. What I want you to understand it now is is to right now that your marriage is probably in the lackluster or boring stage right now. Cause most dudes that say my marriage is good. Most of them ain't, you know, they're not paying. Most dudes are not paying attention to their marriage until things start going bad. And even then, you know, until they go real bad. So right now your marriage is probably boring or lackluster or mediocre. Why? Because you're neglecting it as you do with projects needing done around the house. I don't care who you are. A man will, a man, as men, we all want to think our marriage is good, but in reality, it's just barely surviving. And if you really, um, and if you really analyze your marriage, you, you'll see what I'm saying, man. You will. You, you will. Um, living, you know, what it's like is like living paycheck to paycheck. If, if, if you miss one check, you're going to be in bankruptcy. And this is how most of our marriages are right now, barely hanging on and surviving. In my experience, usually if a man thinks his marriage is good, it's probably not. And I said that a little earlier. Why? Because in today's society, we are completely delusional. We continually rationalize that things are great when in reality, they aren't. Our marriage, our relationship with God, our relationship with our children. Just like many of us continually disregard the end of our lives. Why? Because it's a buzzkiller to think about the end of your life. Nobody wants to consider it. And we've always wondered, and as the time gets older and older, I'm like, right now I'm 53, you're going to be 54. And man, I've been considering the end of my life for the past at least 15, 10, 15 years. Because as a Catholic, we should be considering the end of our lives every day. Every single day, you should be considering in your life. Why? Because that lets you know that you don't have time like that, that I got to get things together. Sure, there are great marriages out there, maybe even some legendary marriages. 
but most today are bad, lackluster, or plain and passionless. And this and this stems mostly from one, the pride of us men. Two, God is basically absent from our marriage. And three, we don't give our marriage much attention and expect it to be on autopilot. I know a lot of dudes, man. Uh, most dudes, they think, hey, I didn't did this. I didn't did that. I didn't did this. It's on autopilot. I ain't got to be sitting there maintaining it every day. Dude, that's a huge, huge, that's a rookie mistake. That's what rookies think. You know, well, my wife, marriage, we just put it on autopilot and we keep moving. And, you know, I'll you know step in there every now and then and, and try to try to put in some cookies or something. It doesn't work like that. These are all grave mistakes. And it's only a matter of time before your wife tires and begins displaying symptoms of the curse of Eve. And again, we'll discuss the curse of Eve more in a future tactic. But for now, she will begin trying to control you, nag you, become unhappy feeling secure in your love and clinging. And most dudes don't like that when they start getting clingy. But if you don't want a clingy wife, you got to take care of her now. Stop thinking you got it all together. Stop thinking you're in control. Stop, stop. You got to give her time and give your marriage time. That way she will take care of the kids and get the kids right. Or worse, your wife will begin seeking another man's company to replace you. And that's drastic. Most of you right now, you go, oh, man, my wife ain't going, my wife ain't going, uh, she ain't going to leave me, dude. She ain't going to leave me. I'm, I'm, I'm her dude. She's not going to leave me. Man, you crazy. You crazy if you think that. Women think 20 steps and 20 years ahead of us. I'm going to say it again. Women think 20 steps and 20 years ahead of us. You just trying to eat and get fed. And what she's trying to do is she's thinking about the future and what's going on and, and her security. And when you start paying attention to her and start loving her and start showing her attention and showing her that she's the most important thing in your life, her mind starts to wonder. And even worse, some of you guys' wives are already displaying some of these symptoms and you don't even know it or don't even pay attention to it. And if she is, brother, you are more serious trouble and you don't even know it. So what's the solution? The solution is you must be willing to listen to solid advice when the Holy Spirit sends it through your wife, your mom, your dad, or maybe even a friend. And by all means, stop thinking you know everything or have everything under control. And you're saying it right now, man, I don't think that. Yes, you do. You think that because of the way your actions are. Your actions tell how you think. Okay. Because I guarantee you, if you come home one day and your beloved wife is gone, you will lose control instead of thinking you are in control. And that happened to me with my first wife. Man, my wife, I come home, she be gone. I'm like, where the heck has she took the kids, gone to New Mexico? See, I'm, it happens, dude. You don't, and if you don't have your mind on things, you will not under, you will not see it coming. You have to look at your wife and pay attention to her and, and understand what she, and ask her what's wrong, what she thinking, what's going on. And she'll tell you most of the time if she thinks you really love her. So here are some things that, that I'm going to give you that that's going to help you defeat this. OK, so three steps to help abolish pride in your marriage. And it's not just it's all pride is, is, is a hard thing as most of us think we're not prideful, but we are, dude. And I if you don't if you don't understand, if you're not sure, go back up to the uh, rewind this podcast and listen to the, the definition of pride and its symptoms again. So the three steps, the first step is what? confession 
Why? Because it's a sacrament and all graces from God stem from you being in grace with God. So these other th- things I'm going to help you and talk about mean nothing if you are in grace. You're praying. Praying means nothing. If you're not in grace with God, all the prayers and sacrifices you do and the good works you do are not good in the eyes of God. All right. So you got to get to confession, man. I know it's hard, but once you go and you come out of there, you're going to feel like a new man. The next thing, step two, pray the litany of humility. You can find it on the Internet. You can find it in plant and in, in, um, in, in, uh, pamphlets. And man. <laughs> the litany of humility is something. It 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 lets you realize it's like a um uh, it's like a confession in itself within yourself. It's like an interior um if you uh you know understanding your interior life and accessing your interior life, you start reading the litany of humility and you start seeing, wow, um Jesus was a hell of a person, man. He was he was God, but he was a hell of a person because the litany of humility is based off of, of Christ. And when you put the litany of your humility, that's the humility you're asking God to help you in these areas to help you in your marriage through the through um, through becoming humble instead of prideful. And the third step is accept the trials of pride when the Holy Spirit sends them your way. And look, man, here's what's going to happen. You're going to play the litany of humility. You're going to ask God for help because this will save your marriage, dude. This will save your marriage. This will get your marriage on the right track and you're going to get tested and trials to, to you're going to get embarrassed. You go, people are going to start, you know, humiliating you and people are going to start, you're going to experience a lot of things at your job and whatever you do on the road. Like one time, man, this dude called me all, well, I started playing humility, humility, and I was really asking God to help me. And this dude, man, he, I was getting so many trials like this one dude. He basically cussed me out in my face for two minutes, told me I was an idiot, told me I was stupid and all this stuff. And you know what I did? I took it and I left. I, I tried to act like Christ. You know what? I, he didn't put his hands on me, so I'm good. But the thing about it is, is I went through it because I knew it was a test. I knew it was the Holy Spirit sending a trial my way to help me be more humble and to understand that first of all, this dude didn't know what he was doing. You know, he's got problems in his life. He's probably not hadn't prayed in 20 years. And me, I'm sitting here trying to be more like Christ, to be able to stand fast, to control my inner interior self, to control my anger. And when I once I do that, then I become stronger inside. And that's what it really boils down to. You being a strong, masculine um, um, man of Christ. Okay. And the only way to beat the evil of pride is through humility. And the only way to help you with pride is for God to send you tests of humiliation to help you get used to defeating pride in your marriage and your common life. So that's the three steps. Okay. Uh, confession, pray the litany of humility and accept the trials of pride. Next, here are three benefits to working on tactic number one, you will be more you you will be more able to battle the demonic when it attacks your marriage. Why? Because the only way to defeat the devil, as I said earlier, is through humility. Because Satan refused to serve. Okay, humility will allow you to acknowledge and consider that maybe your life, that maybe your wife, is not responsible for all problems plaguing your marriage. And that's another thing when you 
think you know everything. You got it all together. You know, you don't have no problems. Your wife is all her fault the marriage is messed up. It's her fault the kids are messed up. It's her fault the kids are unruly and there's no peace in your house. It's your fault, you know, it's your wife's fault. Everything's your wife's fault that she didn't give you no, she's not giving you no sex or uh, or she doesn't want to, you know, she's not uh, coming home and making sure everything's the way it should be so when you get home, everything's peaceful. No, dude, it's not her fault. It's your fault. So once you understand that, then you are way further than most dudes. And also the husband wants to work on fixing his defects first. If, if, if you as a husband expect your wife and children to fix themselves as you, the husband and the father are the leader of the home, authority given by God himself, sorry, your wife and children follow your lead and do what you do. You got to remember kids do what you do. Your wife does what you do. If you lazy, your wife and kids going to be lazy. If you're a jerk, your wife and kids going to be jerks. Okay. If you're a bad leader, if you don't go to church, your wife and kids ain't going to go to church. If you don't pray, your wife and kids ain't going to pray. Okay. All right. If you don't fight the spiritual battle every day and to protect your kids and your wife, they ain't going to do it either. So eliminating pride will allow you to grow in virtue. Number two, the, the second benefit is eliminating pride will allow you to grow in virtue, which leads to holiness and authentic masculinity, driving you to model the ultimate man, Jesus Christ. Man, when you eliminate pride and the, the and start doing what you're supposed to do as a man, you will gain authentic masculinity, man, and virtue and holiness. And your family will follow with will follow with you. If you want a great family, man, you got to start becoming great. Your virtue and holiness will drive your wife crazy with respect, submissiveness, and devotion, compelling her to begin fixing her flaws in marriage and allowing you to lead her and the family towards Christ and his church. Fix yourself, gentlemen. Fix yourself before you start trying to fix everybody else. What now? I'm going to tell. Okay, those are three benefits. So I gave you three steps to, to, to defeat this problem and to get your marriage back on track. And I gave you three benefits. Now, here are the consequences of failing to follow alpha marriage tactic number one. So, so your marriage will never become great, holy or legendary. And you will forever loom in mediocrity. Your marriage will never grow. Your wife, you and your wife's relationship will never grow. And you're going to always be separated from God and it ain't going to work. Next, your wife will never fully commit to you or follow your lead because your pride will always come between you, her, and God. Okay? This is why most dudes are crazy. You think your wife just going to come just because you her husband? She going to follow you and like to lead the family just because you her husband? Dude, women ain't stupid. They're going to they gonna do, when you start messing up, for the most part, they're going to mess up. They're going to get rid of your butt. They're going to they gonna check out on you. Okay? Number three, an uncomfortable tension will always exist between you as you, um, exists between you as you are always blaming her for problems and she reciprocates blaming you. So, basically, you will always, you know, the tension will always be there because why? You're blaming her, even if you don't do it out loud. You're blaming her, she's blaming you. So what happens? No, nothing ever gets done because you're always blaming each other. And you see the vicious cycle? It'll never stop. If you don't take the lead and work on your flaws first, somebody has to be take the lead. Somebody has to be the man first. Somebody has to, to take the authority that God given, which is you, the man. You take responsibility for everything. 
your wife will be will, will will cool out and chill out and you'll start to get along. Okay? That's all I got on that. Bam. So, is your marriage mediocre, lukewarm, or failing? Want to understand why? Take the 20 minute marriage makeover challenge. Chaos in your marriage and home? Watch video two. Could your lack of leadership or authentic masculinity be the culprit? Watch video three. Is your intimacy average or non-existent? This is most likely the reason. Watch video four. Stop the feeling of helplessness. Get Catholic marriage help now at catholicalpha.com. And so... Today, in conclusion, as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, quote, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you, Christian Soldier, for listening in today. Remember, Catholic Alpha Radical is designed to repair, ignite, and once again spark the fire back into your marriage or relationship. So, what's your next action step? One, share this podcast with someone needing help in their marriage or relationship. Two, rate this podcast if listening on iTunes. Three, subscribe to this podcast if listening on CatholicAlpha.com to get new episodes in your email now.